Chapter 24 The Nowhere Men 2021 Connor Alcott was furious. His heart beat like crazy. He knew he shouldn't smoke, drink, and take drugs like he did. It affected his health, especially in moments like this. He peered ahead at the downed power lines, sparks dancing off them in the rain. He got out of his Range Rover, keeping back from the lines, but he could not see a sign of Evan's antique junker. Sirens were approaching. The smell of high voltage and rain seemed dangerous. No point in getting any closer to that electrical swarm. Connor climbed back into his car. His iPhone was blowing with texts and incoming calls. He read the first text. Get your butt back here now. They are waiting. Connor immediately called the number. Jake Johansson, Connor's faithful employee, whom he often liked to refer to as J. Joe, picked up. Hey, man, Connor said. What's going on? They're here! Connor's thoughts were still a blur. Who? The guys from Amazon. They're waiting. I got the projector ready to go, but they said they want you in the room, Jake explained. Get back here, dude. Connor felt like he was going insane. What did he mean? There was no film in the projector? Connor then breathed a sigh of relief. This entire episode must have been a drug-induced hallucination. Connor felt funny, and then recalled the last time he had felt so strange. It had happened after a three-day bender on cocaine, Valium, and vodka, followed by four Ambien. He had no memory of the following week, but he did hear embarrassing stories about what he had done during that time. This must be a similar episode. He decided right there and then he had to go to rehab someday soon. This stuff was catching up to him. Connor drove back to the studio and headed inside. Jake, whose nose looked like it weighed more than he did, appeared anxious. He was skinny, pale, and nervous by nature, sorely in need of a vacation he'd probably never get. Come on, man, they're ready, Jake hissed then hurried to the makeshift projection booth. Connor went into the large editorial room, converted to a private screening theater. He got a small round of applause from the Amazon movie executives who had taken the time to come and see this one-in-a-million screening. They all looked pleased to be there, beaming broadly, even though their Harvard MBAs had trained them not to. Okay, folks, Connor began raising his hands dramatically. This is it. Frank Capra's true version of It's a Wonderful Life before the studio got its hands on it. Check it out, party people. The movie began. Connor was already counting the big bucks in his head. Ten million? Probably more like fifty million when this was over. Connor practically salivated. Bidding war. Think bidding war. Two hours later, Connor was the object of derision. The movie was exactly the same. Not one frame shot differently. 
Connor was slack-jawed with shock. How could this happen? Why? His reputation was in tatters. Never again would he command respect from the Amazon people, let alone anyone else. People talk. Amazon would talk to Disney, who would talk to Time Warner, who would talk to Viacom, who would talk to Netflix and Hulu. He made a vow then and there to never use drugs again. The vow was broken that night when he replayed the horrible scene over and over in his head. The looks on those people's faces, so furious their time had been wasted. Did you even bother to look at this before you got us down here on a Sunday in the rain? An Amazon executive who looked way too fit had demanded. Bro, I don't know what happened. Connor pleaded. I'm not your bro, the Amazon guy said, before he stomped out. Evan West and Coop were both fast asleep in the Ford, parked in the grass just off Coanga, when a large truck rumbled by, waking them. It was sunny yet hazy from the thick L.A. fog that hovered over each day like a heavy wool sheet. Coop. You okay? Evan asked. I am, Evan. Yourself? Coop responded. Where are we? When are we? Evan heard the red car clanking along the tracks and felt a terrible sense of despair. He looked at Coop, who exited the car. Evan climbed out as well and inspected the Ford. No dents or other indications of a crash just some blackened sections on the trunk from the heat generated. Oh no, we're still here, Evan moaned. It would appear so. We might have inched ahead a few days, but this looks relatively similar to the time we left, Coop responded, then froze. Wait a second. He took off his shoe and broke into a grin. I have five toes. Five! Coop scrambled over to the rear view and looked at himself. The gray hair was gone, along with the wrinkles. Coop looked to Evan, who rushed over to take a gander at himself in the rear view. His gray hair had also vanished. Coop almost collapsed with relief. Evan scanned the streets ahead and across the tracks that would one day be lined with Interstate 101. The cars appeared boxier than before, and he squinted to get a better look as a few roared past. No gas ration stickers in the windshields. He tried to get a closer look at the license plates, but the vehicles were too far away. A clattering 1930 Chevy sedan passed by closely. It looked like a Model A Ford, but built more cheaply. Evan got a glimpse of the gold-on-black license plate. Did you see that? Evan asked Coop, who looked to Evan in astonishment. Evan, can you read that? Coop asked. California tag, 25B821. Then they both said in unison, 1941. Evan was angry. 1941? They had gone back in time. Coop was dejected. And then fury, 
at least as much as a guy like Coop could muster, overtook him. We went back. I'm most disappointed, he barked. Now we're back five years before and... He glanced back at his machines. I'm not sure what went wrong. I feel like someone who's finally invented an engine that only goes in reverse. Evan thought it through. He'd left Dorothy, broken her heart and maybe her soul. For this? He couldn't meet her now in 1941. She was probably already married to the doomed soldier, and he could not interfere with that. No, never. He couldn't take away Richie just because Evan was selfish and in love. What do we do? Coop asked. Evan, alarmed and disappointed, shook his head. When all this is over and we get back, how do I tell everyone I know in the 21st century I went to the 1940s? More importantly, how do we get out of here? They exchanged worried looks. So many unanswered questions. Evan and Coop had work to do.